0: Microsoft Build. Microsoft Builds for developers and all sorts of developing stuff. Frank Krueger, we're doing a Build podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's that time
1: of year, isn't it, James? MyBuild.Microsoft.com. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have been watching videos, James, because it turns out I can't do schedules anymore. The virus has broken me. But thankfully, Microsoft has this thing called backpacks, which is a metaphor I still don't get at all. But I learned if I put things in my backpack, I can watch them. And so I have been living the build lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I don't. They've done the backpack for a while. I don't quite understand it because... I it's familiar,
1: to... but it doesn't make any sense, James. It doesn't make any. I don't put sessions in my backpack. That's not how backpacks work.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to just be one playlist, and like with a calendar option, and then there's like you know, on demand, <laughs> you know, because there's there's sort of pseudo live and live, and then there's on demand, and there's the backpack, and and there's yeah. also because it's something added to my schedule, it's my backpack. You just got. Back. I do understand like why there's a backpack because there's a. Just you, because there's logic doesn't mean it's good logic. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite understand. What, I know. I know why. And, and I've, I've. I have a backpack, but I don't mm. quite. I still don't understand. I need to ask the team. i like, what? Who? Okay. What? What
1: happened here? I'm not going to make fun of their website anymore. Like you said, I've actually gotten used to it. I just like to make fun of their website because it makes absolutely no sense to me. But I have learned if no one's done this before. Yeah. Go look for those on-demand episodes because or episodes. <laughs> look what I'm calling it. Sessions. Uh, because scheduling your day is actually a little bit tough. There are so many sessions and everything. And so I did definitely put some sessions on my schedule and all that stuff but i missed every single one of them (laughs) and so i just go back and watch the videos and all that i guess that's what for the backpack is for but thankfully they had a lot of on-demand sessions i noticed a bit of a trend there were a lot of like 10 to 15 minute on-demand sessions Mm -hmm. and those were great because i wanted to do a build day but you know the sessions i wanted to watch weren't exactly in order or anything and so it was wonderful having those on-demand ones to fill in the gaps.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and that's sort of how a lot of the other conferences have been. Like there's usually like the, here's the big keynote, and then here's like a developer keynote, and then here's a bunch of stuff. Like even WWDC, right? It's very mm-hmm. similar. It's like, we'll watch like the first few, and then it's like, okay, you pick and choose pick your and choose your own adventure and do this thing. I I still sort of like how dub dub has done it. I'm sure they're gonna do it the same this year. Cause like once they settle on a formula, why change all the <laughs> infrastructure? Yeah. But They sort of release them in blocks like, okay, here are your sessions at this time, at this time, at this time, that that's a pretty good motto to follow. But sounds like there was a hefty amount of content for you, sir. Yeah, the problem with this conference is always there's too much content. It's a it's a big company.
1: They're, they're trying to do a lot. They're trying to cover a lot of bases. Um, but I found a few neat tricks were when you found someone who is giving a session you like, click on their name, find all the other sessions they're doing. So you can just, you know, grab everything from that person. The search works. Um, I don't know. There are like a thousand things to choose from. Yeah. But I, I narrowed in on my Visual Studios, my C-sharps um i wanted to learn how to make the best cross-platform apps but specifically for windows so i was excited for that because my windows skill has deteriorated <laughs> over time and so you know i was trying to cover my own holes. i like to watch um i keep wanting to call them shows and episodes man youtube has just taken over the world I wanted to watch those episodes (laughs) but um, a lot of them were introductions so I like the Mm. deep dive stuff and so that was uh, always always find someone you trust click their name and go watch all their sessions that's kind of the rule I've been using
0: yeah this year there was quite a lot of nice .net content obviously visual studio content I just uh, personally put together a playlist it's on the .net youtube uh, under play it's actually on just on youtube.com slash .net and there's .NET at build2022, uh, and you can step into all the different ones that are in there. So there's all sorts of things on a lot of ASP.NET stuff, distributed systems, uh, minimal APIs, C-sharp 11, .NET MAUI stuff, uh, there's yeah. chatbot stuff. There's all there's all sorts of good stuff. Um, there was a Wazi WebAssembly server thing with I've- Sanderson.
1: Okay, you're you're going too fast. We got to go through these. These okay, are kind of interesting. <laughs>
0: well, well, let's back up because honestly, <laughs> I want to get back to what you said earlier, which was your Windows thing. Because I think that this blog on the Windows Developer blog, I tweeted out creating next generation experiences at scale with Windows. There's some really exciting things happening everywhere for yeah. Windows and being a developer on Windows too. Yeah. And
1: I'm diving back in because honestly, I'm a little bit out of date. Um, I was strongest with WinForms. I learned myself some WPF. I learned the Windows 8 RT thing. I even learned uh, UWP, but I haven't caught up with the latest, uh, what is it called now, James? The WinUI app thing. (laughs) The the API we're using these days uh, to write Windows apps. And basically, my introduction to it was a few weeks ago when I had started the Maui port of my app because Maui apps just run on Windows now. And so I I told you I got that Visual Studio up and running. And so I got the Maui app up and running. But immediately, you know me, I like to do platform customization, you know. So I wasn't happy with the titling on my window mm. so i had to dive in i can't help myself fortunately it's pretty easy with a Maui app. they even the template i didn't even notice this at first the automatic blank blankish template puts platform folders in for you already that you can just kind of like um dump some platform specific code like some windows specific code into and I was doing things like uh, changing up icons, changing window resources, kind of low-level things that I love to do because I'm an old Windows programmer. So I like to dip my toes into all that old stuff. But all that said, I realized just how much has changed since I last was a Windows hacker. And so that's why I'm actually trying to get caught up with Windows with a lot of these videos.
0: Yeah, the 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 Windows team had a really great uh, deep dive. Blog on, on many of those things that you're kind of talking about, which is not only building those new apps and leveraging yes, WinUI three powered by the Windows App SDK. Okay, um, I, I think WinUI
1: three bit... Windows App SDK. Got think
0: it. <laughs> think of WinUI three. Uh, I could be wrong. P- please, Windows developers, don't don't <laughs> just pick be a name, too many. please. Just pick a name. <laughs> think of WinUI three as UI Kit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: And the Windows App SDK. Is everything that's not it's like components and tools. It's the app. It's like it's it's the app platform that works across multiple IDEs and multiple languages, right? So, so it's the WinUI three. The the UI works with many different technologies. So it works with C plus It works with React Native. Mm. It works with done and Maui, right? So it does all this stuff. So the those two things come together. I, I would say you know, they're coupled.
1: Okay. I mean, it makes sense because that's how UWP was designed, was to be accessible from all these different languages. The difference being that uh, we used to design things to be accessible only from .NET. The Windows team said no, no. So they made it to all these other languages. So I actually did not know whether they were keeping up with that decision. That's kind of the uh, old decision from Windows 8, actually. Uh, so it's interesting that they are, like I said, I'm so far behind, dude.
0: But <laughs> well, well, <laughs> it well, turns they- out there are... Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, think of it like this, right? Which is the WinUI library can be used sort of anywhere. So you can put WinUI like in a WinForms app or like, you mm-hmm. know, well, actually, no, that's not right. Am I right? No, that's
1: not right. You could probably host it. Uh, they generally have hosting solutions. So they usually do have a cross-technology story. But of course, you would still be forced to use whatever version of Windows actually supports that. Yeah,
0: it can it can be. What I wanted to say was, this is my bad. It can be supported in a desktop Win32 Windows app. That's what it can be put into. There you go. boom. So it's yeah. decoupled from like the UW. You know how UWP had like it was coupled. This is decoupled. Coupled to the operating system. So this is a separate library.
1: In the end, they all have to create a Win32 window. Windows will never die. Win32 mm-hmm. will never die. <laughs> but um, it, as much as I do love WinForms, it's, it's showing its age. And so I'm happy to jump onto the newest Windows bandwagon if I can just catch up with it and recognize yeah. it from a distance and get on. Uh, but, but it's all... Uh, I've been very happy with it so far um there are a lot of passionate windows people out there so i'm excited to bring support good support back to my products
0: yeah i'm excited to make all my windows apps look really good and put some some love and care into it because you know it's powered by down in maui and it's 1.0 ga we talked about it and like i didn't know they were releasing on monday when we released the pod but sure enough <laughs> it happened Bam. so that's yeah. cool yeah,
1: I don't. I hope we didn't bury the lead there. So build happened, sure. We're we're talking about build, but even more important, the day before, uh, Maui was officially GA. The SDK, but well, they were very clear about this, James. The SDK is yes. GA. The tooling gave us a little bit more time, <laughs> um, and and that's fine. Uh, oddly enough, I've been using Maui from the command line for probably the last year, and it's actually been fine. The IDEs are catching up. I use uh, Visual studio for mac 2022 preview to write mac catalyst apps all day long maui apps all day long and it works fine so i don't fully understand the we're going to leave it in preview thing other than they just want a little bit more time uh that's all fine to me because the most important thing is maui is out uh dot net 6.0.300 which includes native ios android mac mac catalyst support that's been out actually for a couple weeks now so it's feels like we're finally gonna have a little bit of stability, James. And I am here for it. I've started filing bugs against (laughs) dot net because I'm like, okay, if you know, if if we're calling this final, I I feel like I can finally start posting some bugs. And I realize that's kind of the wrong order you're supposed to go with all this stuff. But the truth is it's been so hard through the bait uh previews to keep up with it all that um only now can we really get our feet on the ground and get a feel for this product.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, I'm quite excited uh, about everything that's happening there. And also because of that, you know, Visual Studio 2022 for Mac G8 and a new preview came out with the .NET MAUI support. So you got the preview, preview, those align. And I believe if I if I saw that it correct, the version numbers are going to align as well. Like it is 17.0. It's- I think they're going to jump to 17.3, right? That feels
1: right. Yeah, they are. But it's a little awkward at the very moment. It's like 17.1 and 17.3 are the versions you want right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm hoping they'll close the 0.2 gap and life will be good. Uh, I don't. You know, there are so many version numbers now. They I just let them wash over me. Keep, I, don't, I don't even look keep, at them anymore.
0: Keep updating. I will say this. I'm very happy David put a spectacular blog together. Talk about like the component vendors, the community libraries have been updated that were you know xamarin or you know xamarin form specific have been updated and i got two of my plugins in there in that billing store uh, review they're there baby they're updated they're ready to go i got featured on the blog i'm so excited uh, well okay so you're,
1: <laughs> congratulations james thank you but you reminded me of my own problem um so sqlite-net uh does not technically need to be upgraded for .NET 6 and MAUI support because it's a .NET standard thing. The way it was packaged is technically backwards compatible uh, the way .NET does everything. It doesn't use nFloat or anything. It doesn't uh, do any of the breaking changes kind of stuff. But <laughs> SQLite Raw has, um, Eric Sink has decided to do a .NET 6 version of it. Mm. It's, it's, it's got to be clear, the difference between Net 6 and Maui. Net 6 is like the native stuff. Maui is more like the cross-platform toolkit for building UIs. Yeah. And yeah, so he's decided to actually do platform-specific releases oh. of SQLite raw which is what i use as the base access layer to the database and so i believe just to keep the world sane i'm gonna have to make some.net six versions of SQLite net even though there's no technical reason why i really need to other than i really just want to keep pace with eric sync and the rest of the world so i'll probably have some.net six versions of that within a week or two
0: i like that i like that talking about windows um, mm. Even though you're talking about SQL, but talking about Windows, I I was <laughs> thinking about your apps because you're talking about upgrading your stuff. You know that you can now put uh, Win32 apps into the Microsoft Store, so you could take Ooh, your CalcA, and put it in there. Cal-
1: CalcA's in the store, James. Thanks, thanks for paying attention. Oh, that's
0: right. You were you <laughs> did that thing earlier. You were on the ways, but now everyone can do that. I totally forgot. We whole, did a whole episode on it, Frank.
1: Yeah, we did a whole episode on it. So this is some years ago. They started letting. Um, non-Windows 8, non-UWP apps into the Windows Store. But you still had to go through a bit of a process. I remember I was complaining in that podcast, you still had to do this email thing, you had to get approval from them, they sent you a special code, you had to follow these special instructions... Well, Microsoft has finally done what they should have done 10 years ago and just opened the store to every windows.exe. Anyone can bundle into a .exe. You know what? You guys write antivirus software. Just scan them. It's fine. (laughs) So free praise to Microsoft for finally (laughs) doing it. But I'm going to keep using that word finally because I mean it. They put us through a little bit of misery there. But basically, if you wrote a Windows app, no matter how you did it, you can put it on the windows store and i i like the windows store i mentioned a while ago that someone had contacted me about getting like a special version of the app because they didn't want to go through the microsoft thing and all Mm -hmm. that stuff i was like oh this is such a pain in the butt i'd much rather you actually just go through the store yeah and so i'm happy that they're making it a lot easier now i don't actually plan on doing any more winforms apps as much as i love them but uh you never know what the future holds right
0: If you have one, that's the thing. I'm also excited to see that they're doing ads. It says Microsoft Store ads. I don't know what that means, but, Mm. you know, promoting ad campaigns in the store. And then also, more importantly, Amazon App Store opening in more countries, including France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the UK. And I assume what that means is that WSA, Windows Subsystem for Android, is coming to more places. But I do not know. I assume because those things are linked together. But Frank, Frank, it's the money. What? Arm sixty four. You want to talk about Arm sixty four? You want to talk about Arm? You know Arm processors?
1: Okay. Look. Okay. Let's start with the the high level good news. Microsoft is doubling down on the Arm sixty four, and they know that developers just don't have Arm sixty (laughs) four Windows computers out there. And so Microsoft is building an awesome Arm sixty four Windows machine, and I desperately want one, James. (laughs) But I do find it all kind of hilarious that like. Windows has been running on ARM forever, and they're like, yay, Visual Studio will be on ARM." Like, we had wi- we had Visual Studio on ARM in 2005 or whenever the heck I was there. You know, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's just more like, okay, we're gonna really push it, and we're gonna show you guys like it works well and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, I think um, they had to get that 64-bit version on Intel up and running first in a good way, and then they got the ARM 64 going. Either way, super exciting. Um, I think. You know, poor Intel. I don't know how they do these business meetings, James. But I'm excited. And ARM64, the only thing I'm a little bit sad is I just got a new Windows develop machine up and running. It took me all day. It was a lot of effort. They kept making me type in my password over and over again. And I'm not going to be able to resist. I'm going to want to buy one of these little <laughs> little cute little ARM64 dev machines. It's so cute. They made a, They made a Windows Mini.
0: It's so cute. It's it's pretty cool. It is, and then you. I think you pitched it correct, and and obviously, you know, when we talk about build, we talk about stuff. I Obviously, work for Microsoft. So there's many things I'm redacting from from knowledge. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm so sorry, whatever I'm, you can. I'm say. <laughs> I'm
0: looking at the blog post, and I'm like, okay, what what am I allowed to say? But this is an exciting experience because you know, with you know, Apple did did we had the NDK right? We we were testing, and we're in this world, and we got the M1 and. Yeah, it took a long time and you're right. Like windows for arm has been around for a while, but you made a good point, which is who has a windows <laughs> arm device because the only one, I mean, I know there are some, but the most famous one is the surface X and that's a yeah. pretty, you know, um, expensive machine. So in this one, there's no information about what it is about what the price would be. Cause it's for developers. It's not like a consumer machine from what they're saying in the blog post at least, but, the thing that really pitched was this Frank was there, they announced a comprehensive end to M arm native tool chain for arm native apps. And this is what I think is cool. Okay. Because in the blog post it lists full visual studio, 2022 and VS code native arm compiled.
1: Bravo. Oh. I was actually surprised to see this, sorry to always jump back to Mac, but um, we just started getting this in the Visual Studio 2022 preview. Mm. Uh, Maybe that's been around for a while, but uh, like .NET 6 is running on ARM 64, Visual Studio is running on ARM 64 over there. And it's really nice. (laughs) As great as Rosetta is, Rosetta is absolutely amazing it's great to have those actual ARM64 executables there. And so it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get everything compiled over. Um, They're not using .NET to write all their tools. They use some native language like C++, so it's not so easy for them to port all their tools over to a new processor like it is for us .NET people. And so bravo to them. Uh, They got the full Visual Studio, all the tools. What else was on that list? There was a lot of developer stuff. VS Code.
0: VS Code, of course, VS Code. You got Visual C++ support, .NET 6, mm-hmm. and Java support. How about this, .NET Framework recompiled for ARM?
1: All oh, of really? Oh, I guess they would have to because Visual Studio runs on Framework. Right. Oh, no, that had to be rough. Sorry, Microsofties. That must have taken a lot of time. Glad it's over with and we can move on. Oh, my gosh. Pretty cool, Can huh? you imagine? I can't, Getting no. .NET Framework. Oh, my God, Don, just just so know. if that framework
0: is all C++ code, a giant pile of C++ code, <laughs> you don't want to port that stuff. <laughs> and that and when you said commitment doubling down, it might be a little bit more than it, so, it sounds, Frank, like you're saying it's a little bit more than doubling down just to get that working. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Let's just say I wouldn't want to be assigned that job. I'd be like, oh, heck no. I'm going to switch teams now. <laughs>
0: yeah. So they that did. terrible. They did it. And they're also, they got uh, Windows Terminal, obviously, WSL and WSA for running Linux and Android apps. That oh. works on this thing. And um, they're working with... Oh, that's-
1: I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. That's yeah. really smart. I, that was Apple's great magic trick was getting iOS apps to run on the M1. I think that backfired on them a little bit because none mm-hmm. of our apps were ready for the desktop, uh, but it was still smart. And honestly, if you had made asked me to guess whether they would have ported that WSA layer, I probably would have guessed no. So that's pretty impressive.
0: Boom, yeah. Love and they're it. working with Python, Node, Git, LLVM, and more. Individuals to get the tool chains up and running. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I like. I like the setup they have here too. They have like two machines plugged in, like one with Visual <laughs> Studio all crazy, and then nice Surface Mouse. I'm like, man, I want. I want one of these. Can I get one of these? What? I mean, there's no information, but I sounds yeah. cool. I'm in.
1: Yeah. What What was the name? Volta? Something like that.
0: Volterra. <laughs> Volterra. Yeah,
1: the other one's banned. Um, Yeah, they said it's for devs. I couldn't find for myself a buy it now link, add to cart link. Um, I did see someone on Twitter say it is not a consumer device, but please let us know if you think it should be because Mm. they probably do want to make them (laughs) and they're just looking for an excuse (laughs) to mass produce them. Uh, That's exciting, though. I'm always down for a small computer. I don't need a giant gaming PC for development. You just don't. Uh, so I'm 100% there for that.
0: Yeah, I think if you make great software, great hardware for devs to help them enable them build great things, then that's going to hopefully build better apps.
1: Yeah, and I don't know the full story here. Like if I do a Windows MAUI app and compile it for any CPU, would it run on both? So I think we both need to do a little bit of detailed checking. I'm not sure if Microsoft is doing like fat executables. No, they do, they do, if they do they do yeah they're, they do. Do, yep. they're going that route okay
0: yeah you so can. i it, you, you can pick you so you instead of doing any cpu you pick and choose so normally you do x86 x64 and arm in in the, in the dropbox and it bundles all, it, what it does is it bundles it compiles three apps and shoves them into a bundle okay
1: okay yeah, yeah. yeah so not fat fat executables fat bundles fat bundles, okay. fat bundles fat yeah. bundles yeah and that's been <laughs> for like
0: ever since like uwp mm-hmm. as, as well so yeah that's how they do that's how i ship my stream timer to this store.
1: you're on arm
0: i mean there's an arm button that i have checked so i assume it works
1: Ooh, look at you but that's arm not arm 64 do you know what you're shipping ah uh, whatever yep. the checkbox says <laughs> okay okay well we're all gonna have to do a little bit of learning i guess well there you uh, go
0: if i had a nice little tiny box to let me boot it up and <laughs> run my application and if i could develop like you know like a long time ago here's the crazy part like a long time ago when you were like oh i'm gonna do a windows 8 thing and you had like do it on a tablet you had to like remotely con- this is like a long time mm-hmm. ago you like remotely connect to it and then you're like remotely deploy. you know it's like this is how i just tested on this thing like no like now it's just oh my machine is my development machine that i'm going to be deploying my app on like that's cool
1: yeah yeah and honestly like i think iCircuits then be fine. iCircuit was running on Gen 1 iPads. So I think it can handle a modern Windows computer. But at the same time, there nothing beats having your development tool and the executable on the same machine. Because yeah. you can hook the de- debugger directly into it. You can measure it directly. And you just never know. Like maybe my matrix math code is totally weird on ARM64 for Windows. Maybe the compiler is doing something funny. Or maybe what I actually need to do is uh, check what kind of acceleration libraries uh, Windows has built in now, because a lot of uh, it wasn't fashionable in the old days to pack like numerical libraries into operating system SDKs. They would always say that's what libraries are for. Mm. Those don't belong in the operating system. but. Times have changed, like Android puts them into their operating system. Apple has put them into their operating system. So I think I need to catch back up a little bit and find out if I can take advantage of things like that. Sorry, thinking out loud a little bit here, but I'm just thinking of how far behind I am and how much I need to catch up.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we hop to .NET, I got to hop and say one more thing. Hmm. I'm thinking about Windows development. The last thing I want to think about, and I don't, I'm excited about it. And I, I, I don't I, I don't have a hands on, I don't have any inside scoop on this one okay. uh, at all which is the Microsoft dev box do you know about the Microsoft dev box
1: I don't fully understand this is this the online thing um I here was my best guess let, let me know if I'm at all correct okay I was thinking you know how they you know how we have those cool docker what do you call a dev container Mm -hmm. It almost feels like dev containers on steroids, where instead of just having a dev container where it's a Docker file and you tell it some things to install, this sounds like it's that, but for full, maybe like a Windows machine or like a Linux machine. What is it, James?
0: Great question. It's very close. Yeah, I think with the I I think there's a a lot of similarities there with the uh, dev container. The difference with the dev container is like, yeah, all of your, all of your, everything, it's not your tooling, but it's all of the dependencies that are needed to build the application or bundled into a Docker image and things get built inside of that. Of course, that adds complexity because what if Docker doesn't support a thing? Can I deploy mm-hmm. Android, iOS? You know what I mean? Like there's some complicated stuff. I feel like that was. Great for like web developers, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, and that's fine. And, you know. And there's obviously amazing ASP.NET web developers that can leverage that. But as client developers, I feel sad. But that's okay because this uh, dev box is exactly what you want. It's an on-demand, always ready machine, cloud service, machine in the cloud, ready to code workstation that I can hop into and I can organize machines by, you know, project basically is what I see in the screenshot. And I can say, here are my dev boxes. There's one for tests. There's one for engineering. I can install the tools that I want on it. I can open it in the browser, um, as well. It's a, it says it supports any ID, any SDK, any internal, anything that runs on windows, you can install. <laughs> so they're like, you can build desktop, mobile gaming. Um, you can use, um, WSL with it though. Like, you can do anything you want. and. Since it's hosted in the cloud and you access them from anywhere, like directly in the browser, you can, you know, open it on Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, browser, anything, and a machine is ready. So, this is really cool. Where, you know, before I'm thinking this, which is like, oh, I'm going to open up a VM, I'm going to do this thing, blah 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 blah. Well, this, there's some similarities there, but I think it's like, no, this is like my. I feel like it's my developer cloud, right? Which is like, mm-hmm. and it's even, it even says there, it's like Microsoft developer portal. So I'm in my Microsoft developer portal online and I have all my projects, I have other stuff in there, maybe over time, I don't know. And then here are all my machines for my project. So this, here's why I think this is cool. I work on a lot of different projects, Frank. And a lot of times I need different backwards compatible machines. And I just want to get a snapshot mm-hmm. and be like, here's my, my stream timer dev box. Here's my, you know, Animal Crossing Dev Box. Here's my, you know, my Cadence Dev Box, and that's how I'm sort of thinking about it. Is they can be snapshots in time, but I think they're also looks like they're building into it like a lot of security features for enterprises. So it's actually built into um, into Microsoft Azure, and it also has like compliance and security checks and all these things. So it can automatically patch things. It looks like too, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part here. Anyone can create a disk image that has a bunch of pirated software on it. Um, getting actual legitimate software where you're all licensed up correctly. And even more importantly, these boxes, they do seem like to be snapshots of a Windows yeah. machine. So they could be talking to all sorts of network resources with various levels of authentication and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do want to start all of this by saying James, are you telling me not only did I just install Windows on one machine, I'm going to be buying an ARM64 machine. I have to set that up. Now I have to set up a third machine that only lives in the cloud. Well, James. Now, <laughs> oh, here's the
0: thing. Let's say you hire somebody, Frank. They don't have <laughs> yeah. to set up any machines. Here's think about this, Frank. Think about this. I'm going to blow your mind because I'm reading, you know, as I read the blog post, and I've read it a few times. And now I'm thinking about capabilities. Imagine you hire someone at your company. And. You need to onboard them. All you got to do is yeah. clone your machine, your 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 dev box. And you say, here's my base image of my dev box and they're off to the races. Now I don't know how it all works magically or something like this. there's configurations or something else, but yeah. seems cool to me. I don't know. Yeah.
1: And I think this is technology that you could roll yourself. You could maintain your own images and all that stuff, but you'd run into all those problems I just mentioned previously. So this is a nice offering from them. I don't think it quite fits my lifestyle. I think when I'm paying for machines by the minute, I tend to freak out and it's just too much stress for me. So I'd much rather spend a thousand dollars on a machine rather than thousand dollars over the course of a year for an online machine but i'm a weirdo i have money issues <laughs> so, <laughs> i think for corporations exactly what you just said like they're spending way more than that so this is a really good setup i wonder if this will actually help out like i don't know what you remember as your last enterprise job but you know how you would always try to like get a A simple server provisioned so you could set up a dev server for a very simple site you're trying to put up. Yeah. And just getting the dev server provisioned would take six months of bureaucracy and all that stuff.
0: I do wonder if this would help out
1: there. You're like, okay, I got my dev box approved. Now I can just put anything I want on it. Yeah. So
0: that'd be good. Yeah. I think so. I think that's the plan. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I have already signed up for the private preview. So I'm excited to get my hands on it whenever I I do. And I can report back whenever I'm allowed to talk about. It, When I get my hands (laughs) on it, I mean, it it sounds cool. It's like you know, I I do want things that simplify my my life, and I think the dev containers were a good step. But I'm thinking like, okay, as a presenter, could I have, you know, can I have like the? This is the other situation I'm thinking of. As a presenter, sometimes I do these crazy demos, which is like, I'm going to show you Mm -hmm. every piece of technology ever in the entire (laughs) world. (laughs) Right? And I think about it as like, I'm going to have that as a as a dev box, right? Like, here's my keynote dev box. And it's like just good to go.
1: Yeah. And this really is fulfilling that role. But you know what? Docker containers don't work on Macs. I mean, they work, but it's a Linux box. And they don't work on Windows. And I mean, they do actually work on Windows. You can do a Windows dev container, but no one does. So (laughs) it's just one of those things where Docker's great for Linux. But this seems like a much better offering if you're a Windows developer, especially because you did mention um, that you could go back in time a little bit. I don't know what kind of offering they're going to have for exact versions of Windows and exact versions of tools. Mm. Um, but, uh, as someone who has six different Mac OS images running in virtual machines, (laughs) I totally understand this problem and I totally would rather be paying Apple to have all those machines instead of this. And that's not even true. Apple has a thing, $99 an hour. It's the worst.
0: Yeah. I'll just see it. Be excited (laughs) to see where it goes. Yeah. Can I just like instantly be like, Oh, let's just boom, do this, you know? And, you know, just see how it goes. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm always excited. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I want to jump to something that I wasn't really paying attention to from Build. It just kind of caught my attention. And you actually mentioned it previously. And I don't know anything about it, but I would like to do a whole episode on it. I just need to learn about it some more first. And this is the Web Assembly on the Server Technology, WASI. They're calling it Future Possibilities for .NET Core and WASI. WebAssembly on the server from Steve Sanderson from Microsoft. It's a neat idea. It's an idea we've all been kind of thinking about. Uh, We've invented this thing called WebAssembly. It's yet another virtual machine, yet another sandbox environment in order which to run apps. And I think people have been getting thinking that, well, since it is a sandboxed environment and since it is a bit of a standard, why don't we use it for virtual machines and for virtual apps? And I don't know the details of this technology, but I think it's just basically roughly that. We're gonna use WebAssembly, not within the browser. We love to pull things out of the browser and just run it as apps on the machine. And it looks like there's going to be some .NET support for that, because why not? If .NET compiles down to WebAssembly, then it should have no problem running in that environment. Mm. Anyway, I think that that's a really cool future technology. Uh, The web's not going anywhere. WebAssembly is not going anywhere. So you might as well learn about it and take advantage of it where you can.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, that was half of the excitement about, you know, Done in Maui was the Blazer hybrid components of it, right? And it was not WebAssembly, but it's there's the mix and match of oh, now I can take my Blazer app and WebAssembly, I can now put my Blazer application in this thing, and like oh, maybe I can also do this. Wa-. You know, there's all these capabilities basically that seem just yeah. bananas to me.
1: And I am excited to do that. I mentioned many, many episodes ago. I wrote a little game in Blazor. And the whole point of me writing that little game in Blazor was I wanted to have it to test out uh, Blazor in a Maui app. You know me, I much prefer native apps, so I'll probably be doing kind of a more native Maui stuff. But I did want to give uh, Blazor Maui, I don't know what the official name is, sorry, I just keep calling it Blazor Maui. Uh, this is your Blazor app running in a, a, a Maui shell so that you can run natively, so that you can be an app. And I'm excited to try that technology out too. That was promoted quite a bit during Build, but I still haven't tried it out.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what I patented, trademarked was <clears throat> was Blowy, but I don't oh, think it took off too much. Oh, huh. I wonder why it didn't take off. Blowy. Blowy. Blazer Maui. Blowy. B L A U I. Blowy. Yeah blowie it's like oh, I, but it's like blowie boom it's a like blazer bowie blowie i am gonna tweet that blowy. in a week and
1: we're gonna see how much hate mail i get from the microsoft fans <laughs> for saying blowie wow i don't i don't, I don't think marketing James.
0: liked it very much i think marketing was like oh no that's okay don't do that
1: <laughs> have you done that on stage have you done that publicly
0: and <laughs> i just did Right now. The, the, uh, coming out. Okay. Blaui, everyone. We're calling them Blaui's. No, it is It is officially called the Blazor <laughs> Hybrid, and Blazor Hybrid works yeah. in a variety of things, such as <laughs> and MAUI and WinForms and yeah. WPF. But the, it is, the, the template is .NET MAUI Blazor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. I don't think I'll be doing this for appy apps in the future, but um, I do like writing web apps. And if you write a web app, you might as well turn it into a real app. So I do want to know how to use the technology, especially I think it's something you can recommend to people uh, who already just have a website. So things like that. I just want to stay up to date there too. Gotta stay up to date on Windows, gotta stay up to date on the web. Thank goodness. Uh, .NET 6 is out. We can finally start building our apps with it and just have everything working. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. We're hitting. You know. You know why I'm actually sad out of it is because WWDC WD- is coming up in a few weeks, yeah. and we are entering beta summer. But James, we have these beautiful three or to four weeks of stability before all the dotnet 7 previews come out the new uh, visual studio previews come out all that stuff so i'm just gonna enjoy my one month of stability here before the full beta summer
0: yeah there's a lot of excitement happening i'm gonna wait for dotnet conf oh dotnet conf was announced too yeah
1: wow. yeah uh. so it sounds like that'll be the official release date of the tools and it'll be net seven so my how the time flies <laughs>
0: yeah. oh i don't i think the tools will be done before that i think maddie and her session oh, is that said, right okay i think I, no don't quote me but i'm pretty sure that <laughs> i'm not gonna say the month but it, it's in a few months okay i well, did watch her session i don't know how i got that
1: confused then i thought
0: i thought she said august but i guess november is also not that that far from it but i feel like you know, the release cycle is every three months I think because yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz November <laughs> November okay okay <laughs> okay November okay, I'm just going to do math this is unofficial Maths. math but okay dotnet visual dotnet 6 and visual studio 2022 launched GA November last year right dotnet yes. and then 3 months later would be February 17.1 launched and then this week last week whatever 17 to launch three more months so you think it's every three months right so then what's three months from now june july august so august
1: okay i i'm willing to say that um that uh, she does have a timeline in that video so i recommend don't listen to us <laughs> go oh, watch yeah. that video Unafficial. and see the timeline <laughs> yeah um because i believe there's also like a, a maui 1.1 1. 1 in there somewhere too where they're just going to do, you know,
0: fixes to whatever they learn in the first release. Oh, yeah. That's the hotness. So many, so <laughs> many bug fixes are coming. The
1: point ones are always the best <laughs> <Yeah>. from Microsoft. <laughs>
0: well, that's why I say, You know, always get started now. Like, you know, just get started, yeah. get, get moving. I'm ready. Move and shake and I'm ready. I, um, I'm, I'll um, i do another shout out if you are interested in any of our listeners to my .NET MAUI workshop four hour long Ooh. tutorial. It's ready. I for saw you. this. Epic, epic four hours with James.
1: Do you do? Do you go straight through? Do you take any bathroom breaks?
0: Okay, well, okay. Let's let's do an inside baseball here. Okay, inside soccer, whatever you <laughs> want to do. Then we'll wrap this puppy up so I can eat pizza. Okay. Um. Now I recorded that. I recorded that over two weeks. Okay, good for you. And, but you will notice that I wore the same sweater. I picked a sweater, not a t-shirt. <laughs> That's an important distinguishing factor because you can put the sweatshirt over t-shirts right there are points where maybe you could see a change in that but i did (laughs) shave like i I tried to shave between before all of them so there was some some consistency but there are some lighting colors and you'll like i tweaked different colors of the hue because i was like oh i look a little Mm. bit too orange okay now looking okay um and then You can tell different times that I recorded because my lights in the background are on at different times, but stuff that you probably wouldn't pick up unless you told it here. And then I edited it all different hours. I was editing when I woke up at 6 a.m. until I started work and then on the weekends. And that was, you know, I spent about 40 hours on this thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, if no one's ever done video editing before, it's purely proportional to the length of the video that's that's it everything is a washout so it would take me maybe four hours to do a 10 to 15 minute video so doing a four hour video even if you sorry even if you half ass it it still would take a couple days yeah it took a while so it's a lot of work congratulations that's all i wanted to say
0: yeah and i was using camtasia which is is really good for like 20 to 30 maybe one hour maximum videos once you get to two hours Every edit is just like, oh, and give me a second. Uh, Um, Give me a second. And then, you know, the render time of a four-hour video on a machine (laughs) that's eight years old. Not you have the hard drive space? (laughs) I got the hard drive space. How big was it? You want to see how big that video was? It It wasn't that big. It was eight gigs. Eight gigs. Eight gigs. Okay.
1: Okay. High compression. You exported at a high compression then.
0: 82%. 82. Sorry. So 18% compression. 82% quality.
1: Interesting at ten eighty p. Ten eighty p. That's a good. That's a good encoder. Yeah, not bad. I, gu- I guess the majority of your background's pretty still, or were you? Do- you were doing the screen. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty static for video.
0: Yeah, and and that just uses only the CPU, not the GPU, because Camtasia doesn't use the GPU. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: fun. I, I just uh, I just write all my own compositing software using Apple APIs and F Sharp. Is that how everyone produces a video?
0: I believe that is exactly how people produce videos. It seems like it's a great use of their time.
1: (laughs) Just got to learn this functional programming language and 8,000
0: APIs. Okay, let's go get you some pizza,
1: James. I had fun. Did you have fun at Build? I had fun at Build. It was my best Build since Build. (laughs) I do hope to go to a live one someday again. But for now, good enough. Good enough online Build. I was happy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes i agree james and frank go to bill so it's james and frank go to bill 2022 that's the name of this episode wonderful yeah we're good <laughs> all right well thanks everyone for tuning in thanks to our patreon supporters for hanging out and our discord and listening to our random ones you i would do say this frank in our discord uh we did a we did a patreon we said nobody listens to this and then many of people responded that they do listen to this and to the extra bonus episodes. So thank you to everybody that not only listens to the very end of this podcast, but also to our Patreons that listen all the way to the end of our bonus episodes too, which is bananas. I can't believe you put up with more of this sound coming out of my mouth. Crazy.
1: I can. I think it's absolutely lovely and enjoyable. I think everyone has such great taste who listen to this podcast.
0: Okay. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for this week's Merch Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno and I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.